What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm finally back from Bristol. It was a long weekend, three great races from in person, at least. I know there was a lot of people complaining about what it looked like on TV, but I'll go over my experience and how it was for me. Um, We'll talk about all three races and who advanced through the playoffs, who didn't make it, and everything else. Got a ton of stuff to talk about. So let's get right into it with what the standings are looking like leaving the night race. So first of all, the points all reset again, and obviously no playoff driver won a race, so they didn't really change much from the start. There's just a little bit of a bigger drop-off. Elliott's got 31 points over the cutoff, and then the battle is really at the bottom from Sindrick 12th to all the way to 5th. It's separated by just a few points really not that many so this is the round where you really can't have mistakes like everyone had in the first round and going to texas the roval and talladega it's going to be really hard to advance i mean really the only way you can be safe is to win one of the first two races if you have any issues at dega then going into the roval it just won't be fun at all especially for the toyotas christopher bell denny him and just because they haven't had much speed on the road courses the other manufacturers would might feel a little comfortable going to the Rovo, but I don't think the JGR cars can afford to have a bad race or two in these first few races. But anyways, um, Reddick, Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, and Harvick all didn't make it. It's pretty wild that those guys are the ones that didn't advance. Um, I would say, honestly, the biggest surprise for me is probably Reddick not advancing i really thought he'd make it to the round of eight and who knows maybe even the final four i think that he just had i mean he had a great run at darlington and then just two two horrible races after that and then kyle bush i i knew he would have the speed to run good and be one of the best cars i just his the way his races have been going with crashes engine failures all that I I had a feeling that he was gonna have bad luck, so I mean I'm surprised just because of how good he ran at Darlington and how much speed he had at Kansas, but just two engine failures in three races it's pretty unfortunate for him. And then Kevin Harvick also surprised. He's just so consistent. Usually it's crazy to see him go out like this with two DNFs, a fire, and a crash. Pretty much nothing he could do about it. Um except for win at Bristol, and then they added that tire problem, which wasn't even the crew's fault. It was actually a part malfunction. So, yeah, just, again, unfortunate for three of those guys. Then Austin Dillon just didn't really have strong enough runs, had some issues, and didn't get through. He didn't surprise me not making it, but the other three definitely did, especially with Briscoe, Sindrick, and Suarez all making it. I really didn't th- think they had the strength to do it, but all they really had to do was complete the races. Kyle Busch had two DNFs, and um, I think he finished 26 at Kansas, and he barely got eliminated. So that just goes to show how easy it is to advance through the first round. Well, how easy and how hard it is. It's hard because two races you can blow your motor, and then it's easy because all you got to do is run all the laps. You could run dead last and just pass DNF cars and be okay. So, yeah, pretty just wild round. I mean, it's unbelievable um, 
what happened in some of the races just crazy and it's going to continue to be like that especially with this next one i think going into this next round we're going to see more non-playoff drivers winning too because if you look at reddick harvick and kyle bush like those three alone i could see them winning texas toyotas are wicked good at intermediates um and bush in general is probably the fastest one he won't be getting the best equipment now that he's out but he could win Harvick, obviously, the closer, could get it done, especially when they all have nothing to lose. Reddick has shown a ton of speed here. Would not surprise me at all if he did. Track position is going to be really important, and it's not going to be a lot of passing, but I do think we're probably going to see a non-playoff driver winning at least one of these next three races. Maybe not um, Texas, but Talladega, plate race, uh, so many guys could go up there and win that. I don't know about the Roval. I mean, maybe like Blaine. Or we might see someone who hasn't won before, won before like Blaney. But then there's Reddick, who's just probably the best road racer out there right now. He could win the Roval. I think a lot of guys going through these playoffs are going to wish that if they had just squeaked through in advance, then they would have had a deep run. And they're going to look back at some things like, say you look back at, Kyle Busch, if he had won a couple more stages, he might be okay. Or if he had won Dover, where he led a bunch of laps, or Charlotte, where he finished second, or um, I don't know, just a, a whole bunch of races like that. Maybe he didn't get DQ'd at Pocono and he finished higher in the standings. And then Reddick, Bristol Dirt, Auto Club, Kansas, when he crashed from the lead the other week. And then Harvick, obviously just... No, no real argument for him. He just got unlucky in the first two and then needed to win and didn't get it done. Anyways, for this next round, I don't know who to pick to get eliminated because it's just such a wild card. I, I just hate this round, honestly. I don't even think there should be a road course in the playoffs. I mean, there should, but I don't think it should be accompanied with Talladega. I don't know why. We, we could just do intermediate short track. Um intermediate short track road course would be cool i like throwing in a super speedway is cool and i mean yeah it can reward good drivers but it can also take out half the field and cost them their playoffs the four drivers that i think are not gonna advance i'm gonna go so i'm gonna say i'm just gonna throw some crazy ones out there i'm gonna say chase elliott doesn't make it um you look at how he's been qualifying and just his overall speed, it's been way off, like 20th or worse. So if you have a bad qualifying at Texas, get caught up in a wreck, and then go to Dega in the Roval, then you have serious issues. But he's really fast on road courses, even with Reddick winning two. Elliot not being able to get one yet, he's still got the speed. He could win it. And then Hamlin, I just think that... He's, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just honestly just guessing at this point. Like, Hamlin's good at Dega, but that really doesn't mean much. And JGR is just so bad at road courses that I think if Hamlin doesn't win Texas, which he will have a great shot at doing, I don't think he's going to advance. I think, like, these rounds are really good for, like, Logano and Chastain because they'll just do what they got to do to get it done. And then, so Hamlin, Elliott, and then... I'm going to say um, Chase Briscoe. 
I just don't think between Texas and the Roval he'll have enough points to make up for to just to run good enough to win, especially if he has an issue. So Briscoe, Hamlin, Elliott, and then last guy I'm going to go with Austin Sindrick. Penske had a ton of issues at Bristol, and I think to get all three of those cars into the round of eight would be pretty remarkable if they were able to pull it off. So yeah, I'm going to put a, take a Penske guy out and the rookie Austin Sindrick. I don't think he makes it. I think at this point, I just I don't really know who the championship favorite is. Christopher Bell's been running really good. I I think most people would probably say Denny Hamlin, just because Elliott's fallen off and Hamlin's still been able to run decent. But he finished second in the first two races, and I think he had a top five at Bristol or close to it. I just I don't know. It's just so it's just so unpredictable. Oh no, Hamlin finished all the way back in ninth. But then you look at William Byron, he's been running really good too. Just there's so many comers and goers and different things to play out. I'm not even going to try to make predictions, especially after this first round. Pretty wild. So yeah. All right. I guess now I'll just talk about what I thought about Bristol. I'll go, I'll let you know what I thought of all three races and yeah, getting right into it with the truck race. So the trucks, obviously, they had all that resin down on the bottom. And I, I, like, as soon as I got there, I saw and I saw videos of them applying it. And a lot of people said it wasn't going to be good. And I figured they might need it so that the cup cars can run the bottom decently. And, yeah, the trucks were just glued down there. No one could make any speed. No one even tried to go as high as they were going on Saturday. Um, yeah, so... It was my first race at Bristol, so it was really good anyways, just because how, how nuts that place is. I was sitting like a little ways past the start-finish line. There were decent seats. I couldn't sit in any of the turns because they had it blocked off, but I still like those seats. Um, I also had a scanner for the first time, which was really nice. It makes it a lot easier. You just kind of know what's going on more and aren't just lost listening to the cars go around. But yeah, the truck race race was all right. Uh, it was just a track position race, but it was fun just watching the pit stops and everything going on because the races in person are just so much different. I thought racy-wise, the Xfinity race was the best. Just The cars just run so good. I, it's, they have the best package. It's been obvious for forever now. They just, they're, they're on edge and they can you can really like push cars around with air and drive up to their bumper like and I sat in turn one it was the seats are called Kowicki K and I was at about row 20 which was wicked good seats uh you could just see them fly into the turns and see everything that was going on and you could see the far turn too easily in in person like everywhere you looked there was action I don't know what the Xfinity race looked like on tv but when Gregson pushed Gibbs, that was really cool. Uh, that was there were so many good battles throughout that whole race. I was h- happy to see Gregson win. Wouldn't have wanted anybody else to win that one, and it was just the perfect race, perfect length. The battle at the end was nuts. When Jones got up to Gregson's like quarter panel, left rear quarter panel. Um, they they like we had this little blind spot when they get close to the fence for like a second you can't see if they're in it and it looked like they were but then 
uh, Jones kind of like turned down to the bottom and Gregson got a big runoff and um, put a little gap on him. But Jones was definitely faster. He just didn't have enough time to pass him. That race was probably the best when it came to that. But my friends who didn't really watch thought that the cup race was the best. And I think they probably thought that. I did I did too. Like, Obviously, it's the cup race. It's the best race. But... Um, for for like I know everyone said it was like horrible but there was just so much action when you're at the track like cars hitting the wall blowing tires but then there's like if you look back there's a ton of three wide battles that you don't see on tv and everything and the restarts are just so good you can kind of see everything that's going on and it was a really good race in person so I can't imagine what it would be like if it was like last year's race how wild it would be and Chris, I, I wasn't even that. I was glad Chris Buescher won. I've been pulling for him for a little while for him to get a win because he just seems like an underrated racer. And he's, I think, like, it's finally showing how good he is. He has an Xfinity Series championship, so he has potential. And finally, it's coming out. Um, Kozlowski cut that tire. I thought he was going to win. And after him, I thought it would either be Christopher Bell or Kyle Larson, but to see Busher go out there and get it done was really cool. Some They definitely need to do something with the package. I could tell just, like, a lot of guys had a ton of speed on the top, and they would pass cars, pass cars, pass cars, but then they would get to someone running the top, and you could tell they were faster. They'd drive up right behind them, but then when they would get about... Two, three, four feet to them, they would just stall out and couldn't do anything. And that's just a product of the package. So they need more horsepower and less downforce. I don't think they need much, but that definitely, I thought that the cars that would run the top would be, do really good. And that's what I was telling my friends, like, cause they noticed that there was so much grip on the bottom and they don't really know NASCAR that well. So I was saying like, the cup cars, whoever can run the top and find speed up there will do good. But then the bottom wore out so much that it kind of flipped and it was whoever runs the bottom will do good. So I saw Bell. He was one of the only guys who could run the top, run the top, and then make a move to the bottom and make a pass. Other guys, it would take them four or five laps of just fighting on the bottom to to pass a f- um, car that they were faster than. So yeah, just I I really don't think you need that much horsepower. Maybe even take the underbody off, just loosen the cars up, make them faster and less aero dependent, and it would make for the perfect race there. I I don't think it's that big of a deal, and they could fix it. I just think that NASCAR doesn't want to lose like the parity kind of. I like they don't want a guy like Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson Hamlin to just blow the field away and I think that would create that a little more but there's got to be some give anyways moving on to the first defense move of the race and then race takes and we'll talk about uh Texas and my race picks and everything so the first defense move of the race I it's hard to know exactly what's going on when you're um watching in person just because you don't have everything broken down for you like you do on tv but I think it just have to, has to go to the Chris Busher strategy, going out on two tires and getting it done. They just knew tires weren't a factor, and they took advantage of that, went out, let it, and 
one and obviously the rfk cars were fast enough to be able to pull that strategy off so yeah that's the first defense move of the race i think chris busher's also got to get the underdog of the race um hasn't won in over 200 starts and his first win he actually there was that missed at pocono and he won like basically a rain delayed race so rain shortened race so this was his first official win i mean not official but his first win where he went out and just drove and and just wore the field out so yeah i i knew he had one coming he's been running way better his year in general has been better i'm just curious to see what he can bring next year because we're gonna start seeing probably a separation between the bigger teams and the smaller teams maybe not much but who knows if he can carry some of this momentum win again next year i think he could probably do it it'll probably be a little harder because if you look like no one knew what to expect at bristol and that's when he won and we just won't have that much next year so yeah all right now we'll get into some race takes all right so Jose underscore Pedro underscore 4838 says a wild race for the third time. I'm assuming he means that third race in the first round. But yeah, definitely. There were just cars smacking the wall, blowing tires, blowing motors all the all the time. So it wasn't necessarily like good wild, but it was definitely wild. All right, the next one's from Evan Carlbon. He said could have been better. Yeah, I mean, you could say that about any race pretty much, but... Yeah, obviously the package needs to be fixed up a little short track package. Zachary Moran one twenty four says it was about time Chris Busher won a race again. Yeah, I think so too. He's just he had a great run at Richmond and some other places like Sonoma and finally he closed one out. Ganderson four one four one one three said NASCAR Twitter's ridiculous. I saw a call calls for the car of tomorrow to return. Yeah, that's funny because. I mean, there's there's things that need to be fixed, and then there's just people who will complain no matter what the package is. Like, give them a thousand horsepower, and people will say that it's not even enough or this and that. You just can't win. This one says TRD screwed Kyle's motor up. There's just no way that's true. I mean, it, it, I I don't see why they would do that, and if it would, I don't think it'd be TRD either. I don't even think TRD wanted Kyle to leave. I think Joe Gibbs wanted Kyle to leave, um, because TRD was pro- has probably been advocating him for him from the start, and Joe Gibbs said there's no room for him, and Kyle wasn't gonna go to twenty three eleven. So it's a Joe Gibbs thing, if anything, which I don't see why they would do that either, um. A underscore Rye. Actually, one more thing. The only other thing is whatever TRD does when they tag the motors or whatever, and Kyle's reads, um, or there's four motors and one of them reads weaker than the other. Kyle's probably not going to get the best one at the point at this point, considering he's leaving. I mean, that's just a theory. I don't know for sure. I just know that I would assume that's how it works. I've heard other drivers talk about it, and Hamlin's mentioned it, and Corey LaJoy, so yeah. All right, A underscore Rye 22 says, should Chase have won? No. I, he wasn't, he didn't even look fast. Um, from the start, I was kind of watching the drivers 
back there with him who started um, bad to see what they could do, and he really didn't move much. He just he worked on the car and started to make his way up there, but I, I don't think he was even like a top five car, honestly. I think they had a great strategy, which got him in that position, but I just, I don't think he was fast, really. I mean, he if he should have won, he would have, basically. You could say that about anybody, but yeah. All right, that's it for race takes. You can drop them at anchor.fm slash first or fence, or just like do the poll on my Instagram. That's what most people do. So yeah, we'll we'll be back after Texas next week so i'll put that out sunday all right moving on to texas so we got two races uh xfinity cars and the um cup car so yeah i mean i don't i just love watching the xfinity series i don't expect much from them sadly just because it's texas it's uh it's getting reconfigured for a reason but um i think that the xfinity cars will probably still put on a decent show and I, I mean, I, I don't even see how you could bet against Noah Gregson at this point. It would be if he was able to pull off four in a row. But I also thought that it would be crazy if he pulled off three in a row and he won Bristol. So, yeah, I guess I'm taking Gregson. I want to see actually how many of the last few races he's won. So Bristol, Kansas, Darlington, um, and then there was Daytona, Watkins Glen, Michigan, Indy Road Course, and then Pocono. So he's won four of the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So he's basically winning 50% of races over the last eight, which is pretty crazy. I mean, he's he's the championship favorite, definitely. I Ty Gibbs just has gotten himself into trouble. I mean, I know people are, the Gibbs fans were not happy with what Gregson did, but I honestly think he owed him one. Gibbs took him out um, in a road course. I forget which one it was. I think it was the one where it was raining, and he's just raced him. I don't think Gibbs has really raced him necessarily clean. I mean, yeah, Gregson did just flat-out dump him, but, I mean, you're racing for a championship. Gregson's not going to let Gibbs take advantage of him and use him up going late into these playoffs uh I think they're even and they should just call it at that and not take it to Phoenix but I know if Gibbs pays Gregson back they both got the points to just wreck each other all the way up until Martinsville so it'll definitely be interesting to watch at least it's a nice rivalry I mean it's the perfect two guys to have a rivalry too so that's funny I like it um yeah so then the cup race I don't, my expectations are low for this one. I just, I don't know how it's going to be. Just the all-star race was honestly probably the worst race of the year. I think that there might be some huge wrecks, which cause a bunch of playoff implications, which is, I mean, it's not really entertaining. It's just, if you want to see good racing, then I don't think this is the race for that, but who knows, maybe we'll we'll get something good um the race at 3 30 on sunday i expect the whoever qualifies good to pretty much stay up there all race i mean they'll be able to make some passes it'll take a while so you can't have like late penalties and issues um i'm just curious to see how the non-playoff drivers do like 
Bush, Harvick, and Reddick. I expect all of them to probably be top 10 cars if they don't have issues. So they'll definitely stir things up. And there's a few other guys. Truex obviously could be up there. So yeah. Um, also with Kyle Busch being out of the playoffs and leaving Gibbs. And also Harvick being out of the playoffs. Now they they have absolutely nothing to lose. They're just going to be racing for wins. And both of them are more than capable of winning a few of these races. And I'm just curious to see how their performance changes after not racing for points and stages and everything. I think that'll be fun to watch. I'm also curious to see if Bowman and Byron and even Christopher Bell, how they do going into this next round, if they can continue their good playoff performance or if they they're gonna drop off because who knows maybe one of them could win the championship it would be surprise me and probably a lot of other people but they've definitely shown a ton of strength and um they i'm sure one of them could get it done christopher bell is arguably the best car right now hasn't been able to get a win but has been running really good so yeah we'll see what happens with that see if chase elliott can pick it back up he's got a little momentum with the second place finish but I don't know if he can if that's going to be enough to get back on track to being the favorite and yeah also maybe Blaney will get a win he won the all-star race wasn't necessarily the fastest car just qualified good got the lead and held it so maybe he'll he'll get his first official win of the season we'll just have to see um so yeah anyways my pick I think I'm going to have to go with Kyle Busch. I don't know. I just think now he's been running good. He's been fast. Now that he's got nothing to lose, I think he could get it done. I just think the only thing that'll be holding him back is that Gibbs is going to put all their focus into the cars that are in the playoffs, which shouldn't really stop him much, but it could, like, he's losing his pit crew. Hamlin's going to have that, so lose some track position on the last stop could cost him a race, but I think that um he's just gonna mind his own business and win so yeah I don't really know what to expect out of these next three races they're just such wild cards and I hope um Texas is okay and then Talladega is in a complete wreck fest and obviously the Roval too so we'll just have to see I'm really looking forward to the round of eight three three tracks that should put on really good shows um Vegas Homestead and then Martinsville three great tracks but yeah it's gonna be a wild round I don't really know what to make of it yet but I think we're gonna see more winners I think we get our 20th winner in this round and I don't know where it's gonna come some I think probably Talladega but um I also think Blaney could win Texas or maybe even the Roval. Who knows? But yeah, got a ton of stuff going on this weekend with the races. Bristol was really good, in my opinion, at least being there in person. I don't really think you can top that track. It's just cra- everywhere you look, you can see pretty much everything clearly when I, when they go three wide. when they Anytime people hit each other, you can see it. It's just no matter where they are on the track, pretty much. So, I don't know. I, I've i been to a few tracks, and that one is just by far the best one. Like, that race, I thought the cup race was going to feel like forever, but it, it flew by. Like, it was over instantly, it felt like. Um, the first stages, like, I think, oh, we're only halfway there. Um, 250 laps in, that 
it's gonna be forever but then the final stage was just over before i knew it so yeah i hope you guys like this episode if you want to ask me any questions about bristol like if you're planning on going there and you want to ask me like good seats or just anything like that i can um answer you just dm me or something and i'll answer you but it was really fun and i would definitely recommend going it was crazy but anyways i'll see you guys next sunday hopefully after texas i hope we get at least one good race race of the two um yeah and maybe we'll get some news about if texas is being reconfigured because that track needs like a lot of work if they're gonna keep running the packages that they are it needs some reconfiguring to be able to put on a good show and hopefully it gets up but yeah anyways see you guys sunday have a good week peace